Look what you made me do. Look what I made for you. His name is Old Man. Old Man Wayne. I live by the car. I die by the phone. Old Man. Old Man Wayne. Old Man. I'm about to do something terrible. And welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stuff and the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And guess what? We're here. We're listening. We're podcasting. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? What's going on? What's new with you? And if you want to respond to this, hit me up, Old Man Wade. Come on Twitter. Let me know how you're feeling. Shoot me a tag and go, hey, this is how I'm feeling. You feeling good? Feeling great? Feeling great? Feeling good? How are you? Or are you not feeling good? Are you having a day? Are you having a year? Are you having a week? Are you having a moment? Make sure you hit me up because honestly, I completely understand. And the reason I'm bringing this up at the front of the show is because, you know what? I wasn't feeling too good. I wasn't feeling that great until... I had a realization with myself. Sometimes, regardless of what's going on in your life, you need to sit back and think and go, what do I need to make myself feel better? You know what I needed? I needed to hang out with my my best friend. Excuse my slurs. I've been drinking. I've been hanging out with my best friend. We watched the Phoenix Suns beat the Los Angeles Clippers in game, I want to say this was game three, uh, so you can tell when I recorded this. Um, it was also the day where I took my took me and my wife's dog to the a dog school where I spent a good amount of time listening to what was going on, but I also spent a good amount of time on my phone because I was having mild anxiety. But it's no excuse. I should have actually been paying more attention. And I did pay attention because I and I because I understand what was going on and I listened to the triggers. But honestly, the perception is different. But that's neither here nor there. But honestly, when I came up, when I decided I was gonna hang up my best friend, I knew I needed some time. So thankfully, my best friend had some time. Shout out to Above Average LLP on Twitter to hang out with me. I bought some steaks, I bought some beer, he bought some steak, he bought some beer, and we hung out. We had a really grand good time, he had nothing going on, his wife came over, his wife's sister, well, his wife lives there, obviously, and his sister came over, we had a grand old time just talking about the NBA and talking about stuff, and honestly, I kind of needed that day, and I feel like we all need these kind of moments or weekends or days off or whatever it is and this was one of those times I needed that I really just needed to just exist as a person and I feel that honestly we all need that kind of time we are human beings and sometimes we forget that life hits us we get attacked with these moments of just our jobs and our managers and our co-workers or if you drive then like this these aggressive and just ridiculous drivers who almost hit you in traffic or if you're like me and you take the tea everywhere you get these people who are just inconsiderate nasty disgusting kind of 
people who are just like, yo, relax. You don't need to bump into me. And if you do, say excuse me because we understand that sometimes things happen. But not everyone thinks like us. And sometimes we take things personally. I'm victim of that. I Excuse me. I fall victim of that. And I get into these situations where someone will bump into me and I grumble and I don't say it out loud, but in my back of my mind, I'm like, F this person, F that person. But I don't know what this person's going through. And so sometimes it's annoying. And if you listen to the, not the previous episode, but the one before that, I had this whole list of things that annoy us as people, you know, so on and so forth. But let's be honest. We don't know what the, like I said a few seconds ago, we don't know what the, the next person's going through. So, yes, it sucks when someone's listening to music on their speakers. And it sucks when someone's just being completely loud on their cell phones. But it is what it is. And sometimes, maybe we all, me included, need to be more accepting. Need to be more tolerant of what's going on. But, you know, it is what it is. And we all need to look inside ourselves and go, what exactly is making me this angry? Or or stressed out or anxious. And for me, it's Facebook. I got off Facebook. And yes, I'm one of those people who goes, why are you announcing that you're off Facebook? But it's a podcast, you're listening to me. So I'm assuming that you're listening because, hey, it's old man Wade. It's Wade, he's asking questions, he's talking about stuff, so... I assume you wonder why I did. This was a moment of self-realization. And it was confirmed by, excuse me, my decision was confirmed by hanging out with my best friend. And he was like, you know, some of the situations, the things you get into are triggered by you, you being me. And he was right. And this was one of those things that it confirmed that getting off of Facebook and deactivating my account for the time being is a good thing. Is it permanent? Probably not. I'll probably be back in a few days or a few weeks or whatever it is. But for now, I need to pay attention to the things that are important to me. And among them is not Facebook. If I feel the need to vent and talk about the things that annoy me, I can do it on Twitter. And you know what I can do on Twitter? I can cut off the notifications. I can cut off the replies. I can cut off all this other stuff. To make sure that I protect my peace. And honestly, we all need to do that. We need to protect our peace. We need to protect what's inside of us. And that also goes to the people who are around us. The people we care about are also our peace. My wife is my peace. So the things that I do, whether it's negative or positive, affect her. If I'm in a bad mood and I come home, and that energy is just still with me, it affects her. However, if I'm in a good mood, that same positive energy affects her as well. Now, I don't fake the funk. I'm a thousand years old, so ignore the reference. I don't fake, excuse me, let me rephrase that. I try not to fake the funk. I try not to fake my emotions. I do the best I can to explain to my wife, they're like, hey, I'm not feeling too good. I need some time to decompress. I need some time to be alone. Can you take the dog out when we get home? Can you uh, do the meal prep today? 
It's just little random things like that. In a hundred percent of the time, I shouldn't say that. Most of the time, my wife is accommodating because I do the same for her. And the reason I don't say a hundred percent is because there are times where it's like, "Hey, I'm in a lot of pain right now," so she can't do the same. Can't do and accommodate what I'm asking her to. So this is where compromise comes in. And most of the time, one of us, excuse me, 99.9% of the time, we will figure it out. And that's the beauty of our relationship. Do we argue? Of course we do. Um, I've actually made a vow to not argue in 2023, and I failed. But it's not without trying. I'm still, con- I'm still consistently doing my best to not argue. And a lot of that comes with me shutting the fuck up and listening and understanding. And even if I don't understand, doing my best to go, you know what, to ask questions. Why do you feel like that? Why are you doing that? Is this because of X? Is this because of Y? Or is it because of Z? And once there's an explanation of everything that's going on, I adapt or I try to adapt or I ask more questions and I try my best to do whatever I can to understand what she's going through. I'm lucky enough to have at least two people in my life who I know their heart from top to bottom. And as I've said on previous podcasts, I have, I'm also lucky enough to have friends that love me brothers and sisters who absolutely love me for who I am and understand that sometimes I'm an asshole and I overreact to things. And I appreciate the fact that they still stay with me despite me or in spite of me. I'm not sure exactly how that thing goes, but without them, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I wouldn't be recording right now. I wouldn't have, because they motivate me to try to be the best person that I can be. And every day I wake up and I see text messages from them because I work overnight and I wake up at like 10 or whatever it is. Or even I just keep my phone on silent. And I look at these text messages of these jokes and these stupid games that I play and just the happiness and the love that they share with me. And I'm reminded that, wow, And not even in a religious way, I'm blessed, I'm fortunate, I'm lucky to have these people in my life. And if I want to make sure that these people continue to be in my life, I need to protect myself. If I don't protect myself, fun fact for you, it's going to affect them. So I need to hold myself accountable for who I am before I go anywhere else. And for all you people out there who happen to be single and happen to be looking for love, look at yourself. Are you ready to embrace love? Are you ready to embrace what comes with love? Because love isn't necessarily something that's, hmm, what's a really good way to put this? Love isn't easy. It's not. The feeling of love is fantastic. It's something that will fill your body with so much energy and joy that sometimes you won't know what to do with. However, love can be destructive. Love can make you do some things that you wouldn't necessarily want to do. And if you aren't 
in control of your emotions or aware of your emotions. Maybe love isn't right for you. So sometimes you need to get yourself right. Now, that being said, when I met my wife, I was not in a place of ready for love. I was lucky enough that she was the person that she is that could go, you know what? I'm going to give this person a chance. She gave me a chance. She helped me out. She helped. She. What's the best way to put it? I have evolved as a person because of her. And if you talk to her, she'll tell you the same thing. We helped each other advance in life. I'm, I make more money than what I did when we first met. I love my job. I love helping people. And she'll say that I, that she's also sacrificed to help me become the person I am. And I've sacrificed to make, to help her become the person she continues to want to be. And that's something that I don't think I could have done if I didn't continuously and still continue to work on myself. So, yeah. That's the beginning of the Old Man Wade show. Now, let me just tell you this. If you are not into comic books, this is where you need to stop. Because guess what? We are going to go continuously dorky on some comic book news because that's what I love. Okay, so here we go. First and foremost, we got some news about the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League video game. It looks like... No, it doesn't even look like. The Suicide Squad video game will be released later it was supposed to be released later this year it's getting released in 2024 as opposed to 2023 and the creator said attention arkham inmates join the suicide squad discord oh you know what this is what happens when you don't uh pre-game you don't think about what's going on but long story short what was said was the suicide squad game will not be released in 2023 it will be released in february 2024 and the reason being is the creators are not happy with the product. And, let, and to be honest with you, that's admirable. We've all played games or watched TV shows or watched movies where we all look and go, what is going on here? Perfect example of that is <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine. If any of you guys have seen this movie... It's not a horrible movie. It's fun up until the point where you get to Wade Wilson towards the end of the movie. He didn't have a mouth. He had an optic blast and he teleported. And for some reason, he had swords coming out of his hand. It's, you know, it'll be what it is. There are ways around this that still could have worked. But for me, a fan of Deadpool who has a tattoo of Deadpool, you have to think to yourself, the character is literally called the Merc with the Mouth. So you know what you should maybe have? The character that everyone came to see talking a bunch of shit. And especially considering that in the beginning of the movie where he was introduced and, it, and it's Ryan Reynolds, have him talk a bunch of shit, have him, talk a, have him make jokes, have him make quips. And then it seemed like it was all of that for a joke where William Strucker goes, Will Wade Wilson, if you didn't have this mouth, you'd be one hell of a soldier. And then for the end of it, for Logan to go, well, I guess Stryker found the way to shut you up. Eh, not worth it. So the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League video game being delayed. It's a good thing. 
that shows me a lot of self-awareness. That shows me that they've understood the mistakes they've made and how, and you can look this up, that the initial gameplay wasn't met with the best of reviews and responses. So they're like, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea that we take a step back, take a little under a year, and fix some things. And honestly, this game could go from being one of the better games, excuse me, one of the worst games of the year, because if you've played the Avengers game that came out in 2020, it it sucked. Let's call it what it is. It was very repetitive. Let me not say it sucked. If you like button mashers, it's fun as hell. Will I play the game again? Absolutely. I'll play the game again. I'll go through the story mode. I'll even watch the story because a lot of it wasn't bad. However, coming off of the PlayStation Spider-Man game, it's awful. People expected more. And it's not the fault of the Avengers game, but, you know, it is what it is. And what could it do? Next up, I want to talk about an article I wrote. It's about Katie O'Brien. Katie O'Brien has been in multiple things. Among them is The Mandalorian, and she was also in Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you don't know her, give her a Google. I'll take a couple of seconds. Actually, you know what? You can pause it. Katie O'Brien should be Abby in The Last of Us. First and foremost, when you talk about Abby in The Last of Us, it has to be someone who has the physique of Abby. Abby is diesel. Abby has all, excuse me, Abby has arms like tree trunks, and to quote someone from the game, she's built like an ox. Katie O'Brien is. But that has, but there has to be more than that. People built like that are a dime a dozen. But Katie O'Brien also is a really good actress. Put her in The Last of Us and make her Abby. You need someone who's going to not only be physically intimidating, but someone who can pull the role off of not just angry when it comes to what happened to someone someone who's related to her, but you also need someone who's going to be able to kind of smile and joke and also be kind of loving when the situation is needed. And honestly, Katie M. O'Brien does that perfectly. If you've been watching The Mandalorian, she's the right pick. And I wrote an article about it. Make sure you go check out Bam Smack Pal. Um, Google Bam Smack Pal Mark, M-A-R-K. And you'll see the articles I wrote. And absolutely, I believe that Katie O'Brien is the one who needs to play Abby. I think it's the perfect person to play her. Uh, so we also have news coming up that this is this may be shocking to some people, but Nightcrawler will be playing the well not playing. Nightcrawler is going to be the well he's going to be Spider Man, which is for some people may seem weird. Nightcrawler's a mutant. Nightcrawler has never really been a solo act. Has he had solo comic book issues? Absolutely. Has he had a solo comic book series? Yes. The difference now is he's going to be Spider-Man and it's a, right off the bat, it's a limited series. The Uncanny Spider-Man is going to spin right out of the Fall of X, which is going to pop out right after the Hellfire Gala in 2023. The Hellfire Gala is going to be fun as hell. So writer C. Spurrier, who has been writing Nightcrawler in various things from Legion of X and Way of X for about a year now has said 
What we've got here is a spectacular new beginning, which, yes, is code for, quote, perfect jumping on point, which leaned hard into the heroic, joyful, street-level action. Essentially, it means that Uncanny Nightcrawler is going to be away from Krakoa. It also goes into, and you can check Marvel.com, or you can actually check uh, Ben Smackpal Mark, and it talk, and I will explain further, but Nightcrawler is going to be doing some new things. And I think it's cool that Nightcrawler is actually getting more than just the X-Men treatment, because it's been a long time since he has, he's had a solo series. And everything he's been doing with Krakoa, like I said previously with Legion of X and Way of X, has been fantastic. He's starting to move away from his faith in a way like where it's just a Christian or Catholic God. He's starting to look towards a different kind of religion, which I also think that everyone should really take a look at. Because everything that Spurrier, excuse me, Sree Spurrier has been doing has been awesome. And honestly, and this is something I'll talk about on a future episode, the new way of writers has ushered in a completely golden age of the way people are going towards, you know, characters. And uh, something else, with speaking of which, a new era of comic books, is that more characters who have debuted in the movies or shows are now popping up in the comic books. Among them is Layla from Moon Knight. She'll be making her Marvel Comics debut first in Moon Knight. No, no, I apologize. It'll be Moon Knight number 25, then again at Moon Knight City of the Dead. Both of those are obviously Moon Knight-centric comic books, but they'll be written by, going to check this out just to be certain, Jed McKay. And Jim McKay told IGN, working on Moon Knight number 25 was a bit of a mammoth task. 70 pages of story cutting between three stories, each with their own artist. It was a really exciting opportunity to have that much space to work in. Telling telling a Moon Knight story in a longer form than we're usually used to. One of the things I love about characters jumping from the movies or shows to the comic books it's a longer form. We get to learn more about these characters. Like, so who was Layla before all the stuff that goes on now? And I really feel that we have asked these questions. With Moon Knight recently officially saying that he's dating Tigra, does that mean, what does that mean for her? What does that mean? In the Disney Plus show, Moon Knight is married. So does that mean he's still married? But you also have to remember that he was in a relationship previously before Tigra in other Moon Knight comic books. Take a look. It's a whole thing. Does that also mean that when Layla was created for the Disney Plus show, that they already knew that Marvel Comics, the actual pages, knew what was going on with that? Does that mean it's like, hey, so we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So this is how we're going forward. Because a corporation like this they don't just necessarily make moves just because. They make them because they make because, you know, they make sense. So honestly, we have to kind of wait and see. And both those combos come out in July. And trust and believe this will 
you know what? I'll just tell you. This was go- this is going to become a more comic book centric podcast. So, if you don't like comic back comic books, yeah, this may not be the place for you to listen to because I like comic books. It's easier for me to talk about, and I'm it's easier for me to ignore people who don't actually give a shit about the stuff going on. And last, but certainly not least, I am going to discuss the best Spider-Man moments in movies. Now, when I say that, you're probably going to go, well, Spider-Man appeared in this, Spider-Man appeared in that. No. What I am talking about is Spider-Man movies. We got Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Spider-Man No Way Home. What are the best moments from these movies? I have the top 10, and I'm going to tell them to you right now. Before I get into that, let me just say this. It took a lot of me to not add Spider-Man doing the disco dance when he was in the black suit because it was absolutely hilarious. And as much as the moment is cringeworthy, you remember it. So it's on there. And also, let me just say, all of these are not going to be Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, or Tobey Maguire moments. So let's start with number 10, Spider-Man and the Boat. That is from Spider-Man Homecoming, when he essentially, not even essentially, when he literally saved a bunch of people with his webs. Obviously, if you've seen the movie, Iron Man came in and helped. And without him, without Iron Man's help, he would have wouldn't have saved the people on his boat. However, seeing Spider Man web everything up and then hold those two boats together, excuse me, the two sides of one boat together with his own strength, gotta mention it, gotta be part of it. Next up, number nine, Spider Man beats Doctor Strange, dope ass moment. Doctor Strange is one of the strongest people in any universe, and honestly, it. It was weird that he beat Doctor Strange because it's like, well, you know, he's Doctor Strange. He's one of the greatest and most powerful beings in any you know, realm. Like, he gives, he could probably be Superman depending on what's going on. And it's shocking that, like, he beat him. But if you've seen uh, other YouTube videos, it's weird that he said he beat him with math. But if you, if you're a math major or, you know, someone who understands how science works, you could get why that would work because the way that it's explained to me and the way I've seen it is just like magic is science that we haven't discovered yet, so I get it. Number eight, we have Peter B. Parker's life, and that comes from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I absolutely thought that him explaining what happened to him was a really deep moment that people kind of like forget about. Peter Parker's life was effed up. Like, he thought he had everything, but, like, you know, a couple of... One conversation with MJ when he didn't want to have kids kind of sent him down a downward spiral, and he got a little chunky. He ended up with Miles Morales, and without everything that went on, that movie wouldn't be what it is, and I think it's an absolutely incredible scene just visually. But it also plays into something else that comes in later in that. Number seven, we have Gwen Stacy dying in Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
if you read the comic books, you kind of saw it coming, but you also had this one moment where you're like, are they really going to let Gwen Stacy die? That doesn't seem like something they would do in a Marvel movie. Forgetting that this isn't the MCU. This is Sony. So they're not beholden to the same kind of rules and stuff like that. So she did die. And it was damn sure sad. I also added this to the list specifically because Andrew Garfield talked about how it made him darker. And I really feel that we need to see or even find out what he meant by that. Why was he darker? Why was he more aggressive? What did he do in between that? The last time we saw Andrew Garfield in a solo movie that was, you know, that he starred in, he threw a manhole cover at the rhino. Who knows if he was aiming directly at him? Spider-Man has that kind of strength, skill, to kill the rhino in that suit if he wanted to with a manhole cover. So that's why I made that list. Uh, number six, we have Tobey Maguire in the first Spider-Man movie learning how to, you know, be Spider-Man. So seeing him with the the spider sense and looking at Flash Thompson's fist as he was punching him and figuring out how to use his web, it was funny, but it's important. Because honestly, it's like, hey, this is, we all have the learning curve. And I kind of feel like Spider-Man learning curve was actually something that was in a comic book. But there's neither here nor there. That's definitely a moment. And next up, we have number five, the scene with Dr. Octavius and Spider-Man when he was, before he went to go save MJ. And Octavius was fighting Spider-Man on the side of a train. And Octavius almost, like, you know, tried to crash a plane. And just the whole thing of Spider-Man stopping a train. And then the people, the passengers, excuse me, coming in and kind of carrying him. And someone going, he's no older than my son. And how young he was. That's a really deep and emotional moment. And then when Octavius shows back up on a train... And they're like, give me, he's like, give me Peter. And they're like, you have to go through us. And he goes, okay. And then uses his arms and puts them on. He, and Peter's like, I got this. It's a, it's a dope-ass moment. Number four, and honestly, it should be number one for me. <laughs> Peter saves MJ. Short and sweet. This was the moment where Peter, where Andrew Garfield couldn't save MJ in his universe. But in Spider-Man No Way Home, he saved MJ. Same kind of, actually, same situation. If I'm not mistaken, it was Norman Osborn who almost killed, almost killed MJ, and he saved her. Like that's a dope moment. And it was whoever created this particular moment deserves all the awards for me because it wasn't just a moment. It was one of those things where it was a callback, and it kind of reinvent. It kind of it gives a um. I'm pretty sure I'm going to F this up. But it was definitely a moment where you're like, oh, shit. He did something that he failed to do and redeemed himself in his own eyes. But it also makes you wonder, does it make him feel worse because he didn't think of it at the time? But when you're looking at Andrew Garfield and you're seeing that he's just like, oh, my God, I saved you. It almost seemed like redemption. And you can't get over that. Number three, we have Miles Morales become a Spider-Man and Into the Spider-Verse. 
Blackway's song, What's Up Danger, playing as Miles jumped off the skyscraper with the glass just coming off of his fingers as he was like kind of forcing himself off of this was dope because he doesn't like heights and he just forced himself to become Spider-Man and he's running through the streets and he's trying to swing. He's getting there. This is one of the most goose bumping emotional intense moments in any Spider-Man mo in any Spider-Man movie. This would have been number two for me. Maybe even number one. You can make a debate for for me. Personally, internally, I can make a debate for either one of them. But that moment was something else. Uh, number two, Aunt May dies. If you are a fan of Spider-Man, you know the great power comes great responsibility line. And this always comes from Uncle Ben. In Spider-Man No Way Home, it comes from Aunt May, Marissa Tomei. We've watched her for multiple movies, and not just Spider-Man movies. But she made her debut in Captain America: Civil War. We know we haven't seen Uncle Ben, which was you know different. If you're a Spider-Man fan, and the fact that she delivered that line, and no one thought that she was gonna die, and then her spitting that line, it was it was cool. You couldn't be mad at that. You're like, okay, this actually kind of makes sense. Especially considering that they waited a lot of... They waited... Uh, let's see. Spider-Man was in Civil War. He was in Avengers Infinity War. He was in Endgame. He was in um, Far From Home. But then again, in No Way Home. So he's in multiple movies. And then we don't hear the... You know, with great power coming great responsibility until this happened. It was dope. I, You know what? I don't really have a... a Intent and conclusion of that. So we'll just go to number one. Number one, we have Spider-Man. Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield teaming up with Tom Holland. What more do you want from that? It was an absolute conclusion to everything that we've seen in all these Spider-Man movies. I just like from just a fan of movies, not just not the comic books, we're gonna take the comic books aside. But just a fan from the movies, I'm like, this was great. Y'all knew what you were doing. You knew that people who have been following these movies since the early 2000s would pop for this. The creative team made sure that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was like he was in the movies. And Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was the same thing. And, a random, and one of my favorite jokes in that movie was, hey, um, do you have a Spider-Man suit? Or are you going to look like a cool youth pastor when Andrew Garfield was talking to Tobey Maguire and he pulls the shirt down to show his Spider-Man costume? That was fucking cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta love it. And then going forward, it wasn't. It didn't just end there. Then you have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire meeting Spider-Man and having the power and responsibility conversation. And then the fight with all these villains from different universes. Sweet Christmas. It was great. You gotta love it. Anyway, this has been the Old Man Way Show. I thank all of you for listening. Whether you listen, whether you downloaded, whether someone told you, thank you. I honestly and sincerely mean that. If you want to hear more from me, you want to hear more bitching and complaining from me, you can find me at oldmanwade.com on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Twitter. 
You can find all the stuff I write, as you may have heard earlier, on Bam Smack Pow. Just Google Bam Smack Pow Mark M A R K. Uh, yes, my name's Old Man Wade because I love the way I love the name. I'm a Deadpool fan, and I've always been Wade. Uh, don't forget to go listen to the old episodes. Go find some of the people who have been guests on there. Find out. Shout out to my twin Pandagasms. Go listen to the Pandam Pandagasms um, podcast. She's fantastic. Go find my co-host, Javi, on Instagram. He's doing great things. You can find him on R-U underscore R-E-B-L. He is doing the damn thing. That's my guy. I always make sure that I want to point it out because he's doing a thousand and one different things. Photographer, he edits. And honestly, without him, I'd have quit this podcast a long time ago. And even if it doesn't go anywhere, I have a good time doing it. And I wouldn't have had this realization without him. So make sure you do that. Um, oh, make sure you check out my homeboy Brandon. You can find him on Twitter on that cool black nerd. Nerd, excuse me. T h a t c o o l b l k n e r d. Make sure you find out. Find my home, my homie, Mocha Minutes. Make sure you find out my homegirl Charmaine. They all do an amazing podcast and stuff like that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying me. Or if you don't enjoy me and you want to talk shit, thank you for doing that too. Because honestly, I don't read the comments. But um, thank you all for everything you're doing. And as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Damn it, Wade!